Blog Talk Radio. We've gotta be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again We are exploding, the world is gonna know it We rock it like you're never gonna see us again Monday night, February 3rd, 2014, the day after Super Bowl 48 and a couple minutes after Monday Night Raw. That's right, folks. We are here tonight on Monday night to break down the Super Bowl that was yesterday and to talk about some wrestling for a brief moment. Not sure how long we're going to be on. It depends all about DG and his rant. Speaking of DG, he is my co-host, sir. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing fabulous, sir. Just here, ready to start another episode of Pure Gold, and uh, it looks like uh, this is going to be our, our new start time. Uh, we always like to stay away from Mondays because Mondays was raw, but considering it's WrestleMania season is amping up and all these other things are going on, I figure Monday's probably the day that works best for us, so we're going to start. It's supposed to be 11.15, but we're Pure Gold. We do whatever the hell we want anyway. Folks, make sure you tune in every week, but check us out. PureGoldPG.com, where you can see and hear and listen to our latest episodes, all the goodness, all the greatness, and of course, if you'd like to call in, 714-364-4721, sir. Thank you, DG. So, like I said, folks, last night, and you know, you heard it all throughout the day today, uh, if you listen to the fan, if you listen to any type of sports radio, you heard about today is the day after the Super Bowl, the transition day, as it will, but... First, sir, we need to do our take on Super Bowl 48, the Super Bowl that wasn't. Unfortunately, there's so many ways to start here. Um, just an utter disappointment if you're a Bronco fan, if you're a fan of the f- sport of football like myself because my team never gets into the Super Bowl. It was, just probably, it was probably just one of the worst Super Bowls that you could possibly imagine, if not the worst Super Bowl, sir. Peyton Manning, unfortunately, you know, due to him and due to his whole team, did not win the Super Bowl last night. In fact, they got utterly destroyed, 43-8. to Jesus. When I look at that score, it just makes me sick, to be honest with you, sir. Um, you know, from the, get- <laughs> from the get-go, this game wasn't a game. It was, uh, you know, the-, the-, the tone was set early by the Seattle Seahawks when the first play of the game uh, from the line of scrimmage was a safety. And and let me tell you, sir, let's just start right there. The crowd um, was unbelievably loud for a Super Bowl. I was very impressed with the the CLC Hall fans. No, definitely. And, you know, Joe Buck, uh, of course, everybody loves Joe Buck. He kept oh, yeah. addressing the fact that it was not a typical Super Bowl crowd. And, um, you know, I, I tell you, uh, if you're a Seahawks fan, obviously you're happy. I mean, you would have liked a competitive game at the very least, but – Man, what a complete and utter disaster. What a debacle. Uh, I don't like to use foul language, but if this was uh, a situation where it was possible, I mean, that's how bad this is. That, that, that's the only thing, the only recourse at times could be just, just dropping bombs left and right. I mean, this this was a disgrace, sir. It was a complete and utter disgrace and indecipherable embarrassment of football incompetence. When that first play happened, when the, the bot snapped, I mean, I knew it was going to be bad. Um, and I honestly, I, the truth is, <clears throat> I gave up on the Broncos winning this game. Um, the Seahawks were up uh, 2 nothing, then 5 nothing, and then their next score, <clears throat> I believe, was it 8 to nothing, sir, or did they score a touchdown? I forget. No, it was definitely 8 nothing to start. Okay, so 8 nothing. At, at this point when, you know, you're holding them down, the defense of the Broncos played pretty well. Uh, you know, for the most part, considering that the offense, uh, excuse me, the um, the defense of the Seahawks scored, I believe it was 21 points. But man, I mean, you know, Denver's defense eventually gave way. They just couldn't do anything, and the Broncos' offense was so terrible, was so putrid. Peyton was off. He was terrible. He was disgusting. He was despicable. I mean, clearly it wasn't his fault entirely. 
sir. Uh, I mean, so many things, and I don't want to ramble right now, but there's just so many things that I can point to, sir. Uh, would you like to hear one of my uh, – I'll stick to one thing. One of my biggest pet peeves about watching the Broncos last night? Go ahead. Tell me. Denarius Thomas, sir. Every time this man touched the ball, instead of going forward to get positive yardage, he would start shuffling and shucking and jiving, and in many cases lost yardage, or he would move backwards and then just go forward to the spot where he had just got the ball. So he really wasn't getting any yards after catch, and he wasn't getting first downs, and it cost the I mean, the Broncos had no chance of winning this game, but it cost them dearly in many instances, sir. I just couldn't believe that he, he looked completely unprepared, you know, and, and the truth is the Broncos looked like a team that took two weeks off and they look completely unprepared, which baffles me considering who their quarterback is. But, I mean, sir, that was probably my biggest – the biggest irk of the day. Um, I mean, Thomas, he looked he looked like an amateur, sir. He looked like a kid who was playing the wrong sport. Yeah. Shame on me. Shame on anyone that thought about the um, – you know, everyone thought nowadays it's all about having the great quarterback, having the great offense, because all these rules are basically catered to the offense. But shame on us because, sir – what it came down to it was defense wins championships, and they, the CLC Hawks had a a dominating performance last night. And you know what our, our biggest clue, honestly, should have been the NFC title game. If you looked at the NFC title game and you looked at the AFC title game, the the speed that the the two teams played in the NFC title game versus the AFC title game should have told you right from the get go that the CLC Hawks. Uh, the winner of the Seattle Seahawks 49er game was going to win the Super Bowl because that that game was so ferocious and so di- not dirty but just so hard fought that I, I felt like the winner of that game probably was going to win the Super Bowl. I was a homer, you know, rooting for Peyton Manning because he's such a good guy. You want him to win a Super Bowl. He would have been the only quarterback to win two different um, to win a Super Bowl with two different teams. So. Uh, that was my rooting interest, but the, the Seattle Seahawks, I mean, from the from the beginning of the season, even probably in preseason, were probably picked to get to the Super Bowl, and they actually won the Super Bowl and, in a very impressive fashion, sir. Uh, it's probably, you, you're right, you were saying this last night, and I, I looked back through the um, the scores throughout the Super Bowls. This is probably the worst Super Bowl that we've ever had, ever. Ever? Well, Mike Vaccaro, who I was actually trying to get on the show, but uh, Mike... You know, I, I didn't get a chance to speak with him. I tried to get a couple of guests for this show, but considering, you know, this wasn't exactly planned for us to really start doing Mondays, it just didn't work out. Um, but Mike says, according to, you know, his stats and, and his things, of course, you can check that out at nypost.com, he listed this as the third worst Super Bowl in history, which is still pretty damn bad. And what's amazing, sir, if you look at the Broncos' history, I mean, this this organization has been involved in four of the worst Super Bowls ever and all four times, this is interesting enough, all four times they've been blown out, and I'm talking completely obliterated, they've been wearing their orange jerseys. If you're the Broncos, not that I'm superstitious, but if you're the Broncos, why would you even bother wearing those jerseys at the Super Bowl knowing you play terribly with them? Very true. So you look at the game, and you know another thing that really surprised me was the poise of Russell Wilson. And I guess if you have a great defense like the Seattle Seahawks, you're going to be poised. But the guy, you know, he's a, basically it's his first Super Bowl. The, you know, Peyton Manning, the one thing that you could really get on him is that when things go bad early on for Peyton Manning, he's not that type of guy that will, like, try to lift his team or try to lift his spirits. You know, he, he does go down and shrugs his shoulders and he just gets negative and you can tell he gets more quiet as the day as the game goes on and it's just wrong i you know for a type of uh, person that he is you would think that he'd be able to overcome especially that safety to start the game i mean to you know there was little clues here and there that the game was going to get out of hand pretty quick and for the first play of the game from scrimmage to be a safety that just told you right then and there that either the the crowd was so loud that he couldn't you know the Manny Ramirez couldn't hear the the, the snap call and, and Peyton Manning just was not prepared for this. And uh, it's hard to believe that some guy that is the, a student of the game, somebody that, you know, practices on and off uh, constantly throughout the year, was just seemed so unprepared, sir. It just it was shocking to see Peyton Manning have another dud of a game, especially after he had won a Super Bowl, you know, against the Chicago Bears. Then he threw a, um, you know, he threw a pick six against the Saints in his second Super Bowl. You thought that this was a Super Bowl that he would, 
finally solidify being the best quarterback ever. I know that he wouldn't have as many rings as Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw, but, sir, to win two different Super Bowls with two different teams, he would have cemented himself at least the top three quarterbacks of all time. I would, I completely agree. And what what I was thinking about, you know, and, of course, I heard, you know, you hear all the stories and stuff. He did win a uh, Super Bowl, like you said. What if he doesn't win that Super Bowl? What if he's 0-3 or what if he's just 0-2 all time? How much more does his legacy take a hit? And I understand people are going to sit there and they're going to say, you know, he's still one of the greatest ever, which he is, clearly. But the truth of the matter is, you know, he didn't play great in the Super Bowl that they won. I mean, the ring definitely helps, but he didn't play great. Um, He's got two putrid Super Bowls after that. And, uh, you know, he's got the most playoff losses in NFL history. He is just, you know, now they're calling him a choke artist, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, 11 and 12 is is not exactly a a record to write home to when it comes to the playoffs. Uh, and, I mean, my thing is this, sir. If if you're going to talk about Peyton Manning. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Um, the truth of the matter is that does this hurt his legacy? I mean, really, when it comes down to it, again, great great quarterback in the regular season, maybe the best ever, but, man, when it comes to the playoffs, he just cannot get the job done, sir. There's no, there's no way around it. And that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave him the friggin' game. In my opinion, that sucked. I mean, I mean, you're, you're, you're going to I mean, you're going to look at this game and you're going to want to put blame on Peyton Manning. Yes, I understand that he had a a pretty bad game, but I'll be honest with you, I I don't even know if Peyton Manning on his best day uh, would have had a shot against his defense. Maybe he would have put up some more points. Obviously, definitely, maybe. But uh, this team was getting to him so fast, and they were being so. Um, you know, they were vicious out there. I mean, they were, the, the the Broncos were taking some vicious hits early on in the game, and they were setting the tone really early. So even if Payne Manning has a, a decent game, say he throws for like three touchdowns, no interceptions, and throws for about 300 yards, and they still lose the game, does his legacy take a hit then? He still loses the Super Bowl. I mean, at what point do you think that he would have saved his legacy? I mean, it can't be all on him. It's a team sport. Football, amongst uh, all the sports, is a team sport, sir. Well, I mean, sir, clearly football is a team sport. Every team is a team sport. But football is, is judged differently than any other sport because it really falls in the lap of the quarterback more than anything else. I mean, you know, you don't look at baseball and say, man, you know, this guy really coughed up the Super Bowl, um, excuse me, coughed up the World Series or coughed up. No, you, that's just the way that it is. And I don't think that's ever going to change. So Peyton is going to get knocked. Peyton is going to get destroyed. Peyton is going to get ripped. Unfairly so, yes. But, man, he was so bad yesterday, sir. I mean, at least save some face. I think what gets me, like we said before, Peyton, they say he's like an extra coach on the field. Um, you know, he's got this amazing mind for football. He, you know, he can read things. He can do this. He had all this time in between halves to study what he did wrong, study what they did right. And it, it didn't help. I mean, everything he's famous for, he completely just spit the bit on this one. And, yeah, the defense was, was amazing, and you have to give Seattle credit. You cannot take anything away from them. But, man, I mean, he, it's almost like he didn't show up. And I think that's the disturbing part, sir. You know, let me ask you this on the flip side, and we can always get back to the debacle that was the Broncos, but um, <clears throat> if you put another Super Bowl, another quarterback, sir, in the spot of Russell Wilson, I mean – they're still going to win this game, you know. They're still – I don't think Russell p- played that big of a part in this game, and he's pretty much interchangeable with anybody else, sir. Um, and I'm not trying to knock him. Believe me, that, that's not what I'm doing. But the fact is the defense won this game. The defense was dominant to the point where I've almost never seen anything like that, sir. Uh, it, it was just unbelievable. Well, I agree with you. That's why I said that if Peyton Manning even throws for like two or three touchdowns and no interceptions, I still think that Seattle, the way their defense was playing, was going to walk away with the Super Bowl last night. It's just that they were hungrier. They seemed like they were the the hungrier team. They seemed like they were the more prepared team. Uh, You know, congratulations to Pete Carroll, who had this team ready to go from the get-go because – 
again, Peyton Manning, where, where do we draw the line with his legacy? Um, if, if Peyton Manning does have a good game and doesn't, and doesn't win, is his legacy tarnished still? I mean, people are going to – the, the Peyton uh, naysayers are going to rip him unless he wins the Super Bowl. So even if he had a dud of a game, as long as he had two rings for two different teams, I think his legacy would be cemented. Um, the reason why we're talking about uh, Peyton Manning and, you know, not a choke artist for, per se, but just a, a guy that doesn't get it done in the playoffs, I, I just uh, – it's uh, half of me thinks it's, it's unfair for him to, to really put all the blame on him, especially the way the rest of the team played. Yes, um, he cost the t- he threw a pick six. He uh, he also fumbled the ball towards the end of the game. I, I don't think I can. Well, he threw two for- interceptions there. Two interceptions, but one was for a pick six, I believe. So, right. I I, I just don't think I can blame Payne Manning completely for that game last night. I don't think he, like if you of look course. at the the game. If you look at the Super Bowl between the Saints and and the Colts, the one that the Saints won, yeah, he I think he cost them the game when he threw that pick six late in the fourth quarter. This game right here was just a, a blowout from the get go. I just I, it's unfair that Peyton Manning's going to take the full blame because the the rest of the team didn't play at all, sir. No, you're right. I mean, it was terrible. The offense was atrocious. Uh, it's just it's un it's unreal. Let me ask you this. When you look at Brady and when you look at Manning, of course, the guy he's going to get compared to, I mean, the fact is that they have lost their last four Super Bowls, two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And when you put them together, they're 4-4, four and four, not great. And um, I don't think either one of these guys can be in the argument for the greatest quarterback of all time because of the fact that they've lost so many Super Bowls. You know, there's just no way. Yes, in the regular season, they're both amazing. You know, they have records, et cetera, et cetera, but... I mean, how could you be the greatest ever if you've lost two Super Bowls and you lost, you know, in Payton's case, you're one and two. You know, again, if he was 0-3, what would have happened? I mean, look at look at uh, John Elway. Would he have would he have stayed, you know, or be considered as quarterback as he is now if he had, you know, stayed without winning one? You know, because I believe did he did he lose three or two with the Broncos? It was two, correct? He lost two and then he won his last two before he retired. Right. So. I mean, when you look at these guys, are, are they looked at as good? You know, if they're, if they're losing everything, if they're losing games left and right, if they're losing the big game, if they're losing the Super Bowl, are they looked at the same way? So that's the thing. I mean, it's all about the rings, is it not? Allegedly, it, you know, from what I've heard. It is. It is, but John Elway didn't win a Super Bowl ring until he had a defense that came to the Super Bowl with him, as, and he didn't win a Super Bowl until Terrell Davis, a running game. You want to incorporate another quarterback, and we might as well bring Eli Manning into the conversation now. Eli is a quarterback that, to be honest with you, is mediocre to average at best during the regular season. But the reason why I feel like um, the Giants won those last two Super Bowls in the last five years is I, I truly believe that the, the Giants had a great pass rush, and that's what disrupted uh, Tom Brady. With that, without right. that pass rush, I feel like I don't know if the Giants actually win these two Super Bowls. <laughs> so it goes back to defense winning championships, sir. It's not the star quarterback and the star offense anymore. Even even if the rules are curtailed toward the offense and there's so many different penalties that you can't touch a quarterback, you can't touch a receiver, I still think what it comes down to uh, is defense wins championships. And the way Seattle plays with their front four and then their their um, their cornerbacks, are, they're just unbelievable. And these are no-name people. It's, a, it's amazing to me how a team like this with a bunch of picks from the fourth and fifth round were able to come together and just put a dominating season together. Uh, hats off to all of them. Russell Wilson's even, he wasn't even a top two, first two rounds pick. I think he was a third round pick late. So it goes down to if you could build your team around a pass rush and a good running team. I mean, Marshawn Lynch had a good game last night. You look at the, the Denver stats, I mean, 27 rushing yards. They actually, the Denver Broncos have more first downs than the, the Seattle Seahawks. So all that stuff is so in, not indicative of how Seattle played. They just, all, defensively, they were a juggernaut last night. Could go down in history as one of the best performances ever in a Super Bowl for defense. Yeah, you're absolutely right, sir. I'm looking up John Elway since we were talking about He actually lost three Super Bowls, sir. He lost in 86 against the Giants. He lost in 87 uh, against the Redskins. Then he lost again in 89. Um, the Niners? Against the Niners, yeah. And, I mean, that's the one that was 55-10. to 10. He lost 42 to 10. I mean, this guy was involved in some of the worst, and then of course 2019 with the Giants, one of the worst uh, Super Bowls ever. 
I mean, I'm sorry, it was 39-20 with the Giants. I was thinking about the other one with Scott Norwood and the Buffalo Bills. But, sir, um, you're talking about some of the worst losses in history. And then to add insult to injury, Peyton goes over there and does the same thing. I mean, is, are, are the Broncos just cursed there? Um, no, I just don't think they have a good defense. And, you know, their defense was pretty much messed throughout the year. You know what's a funny thing that they mentioned last night I thought was interesting was that because the Denver Broncos play in an altitude that's so the air so thin, their uh, kicker Prater pretty much had every single kickoff uh, into the end zone, and basically uh, because they did that, their their special teams had no training or no practice on on kickoff returns because Prater would pretty much kick the ball out of the end zone every time at home. So it was only the rare times that they were on the road that Prater would not kick it out of the end zone to start a game or to start a half. So it's you know the air really went out of the balloon when you know you figured 22 nothing okay if Payne Manning could put a nice drive together you know and score a touchdown make it 22 seven then you're down two scores there's a shot but when the Prater kicked that pooch kick to Harvin and Harvin returned it for a touchdown to start the third quarter so at that point you could just cancel all Super Bowl parties you could tell everyone you know pack it up pack it in this party's over uh, the Super Bowl is over and unfortunately. For me, again, as a Jet fan who thinks that the Jets will probably never get to a Super Bowl and actually win a Super Bowl, you want to see a good competitive game to end the, to end the year. You don't want to end on a game like that. It just leaves such a bad taste in your mouth if you watch the whole season of football. You want to see a good competitive Super Bowl, and you couldn't get even that. I mean, the Broncos were – they didn't just – they were annihilated, sir. It was just unbelievable to see a game like that. I have, we haven't seen a game like that in years. You're absolutely right, sir. You're absolutely right. It's well, it's been a lot. This it was 11 years since we've had a, a Super Bowl this terrible, and it's just it's a shame because I really was hoping Peyton was going to get the jobs, and we both picked him to win. We thought he was going to, you know, cement his legacy, et cetera, et cetera. And again, great legacy, great quarterback. But man, it's gonna that stigma of being a bad postseason quarterback will never haunt him. I mean, will never leave him. It's going to haunt him for the rest of his life, sir. And it's a shame because he is such a great quarterback. Well, now the question becomes: I mean, if you're if you're Peyton Manning. You got to the Super Bowl. You unfortunately lost because of a. Again, you played a great defense in, in Seattle Seahawks. Do you come back next year and do you go for it again? I mean, considering the Seahawks are going to be a great team again, considering the 49ers are going to be a great team, uh, you know, what is there left to play for for Peyton Manning? He's tried. He's one and two now in Super Bowls. Um, do you think he gives it one more try, or do you think that at this point it's time to hang him up? I mean, what are you? If you're Peyton Manning, what are your thoughts right now? I think that he's a type of competitor that now he's not going to go. I don't think there's any way he retires after this unless his neck just can't hold up to it and doctors tell him to never play again, et cetera, et cetera. I just don't see how he's going to quit considering that this is this is where, it, where he ended at. You know, this is this is his – people are going to remember from him his last game in the NFL is going to be this disgusting, this disgraceful performance. I think that's going to cause him to come back at least for another year and try to make the playoffs and, you know, see what he can do. I mean, I mean, they almost made it to the Super Bowl last year, and then they make it this year, so who knows about next year? Right. I, I think the AFC right now is just at, at a point where they're just so weak. I mean, you got some teams, like you got the Patriots. But, again, the Patriots, their defense wasn't that good this year. That's why they lost. I mean, the Broncos pretty much picked them apart. Every other team, okay, you talk about Kansas City, <coughs> an up-and-coming team, maybe. Uh, their defense was pretty good, but, again, to get to the big game, you, you sometimes, I mean, not sometimes, I think you do need a quarterback that's pretty good. Russell Wilson, again, was able to manage the team. I guess you could, I could compare the, the um, Russell Wilson to Eli Manning, the first Super Bowl, where he pretty much managed the game. He didn't have a great game, but the defense won it for him. I know that the Giants' defense wasn't as good as the Seattle Seahawks' defense, but, again, the, the, the similarities are there. You didn't need a great quarterback. with a, If you had a great defense, you didn't need that great quarterback Eli Manning pretty much managed the team in, in uh, 2007 when they won the Super Bowl the first time. Um, I, I think that Russell Wilson's going to have a good year next year. He'll have, he won't put up the, the gaudy stats that Payne Manning will put up or Brady or even Kaepernick. But I think that as long as that defense stays intact, I, I, I don't see why this team, the Seattle Seahawks, at least get to you know the divisional playoffs, if not the, AFC, the NFC title. Um, if they all stay healthy and they, you know, stay intact, this team, again, is built around defense. And geez, that defense was so much faster. And and sir, look at the Denver Broncos; they were 
you know, the, have you heard the term alligator arms? They weren't they weren't pretty much put, extending their arms out there for the, some of those throws that Peyton Manning was throwing. Yeah, I mean, the defense was so fast, so quick. They were just they were just ready to pounce and ready to destroy. I mean, it un, unreal, sir. Unreal. Um, you know, I guess I guess when you look at legacies and when you look at things for, you know, these things for the quarterback, I mean, people forget things. I mean, Dan Marino's still one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, even though he lost his only Super Bowl appearance. I mean, the more I look into John Elway, and again, you know, you got a couple of years. I mean, you've been a football fan for longer than I have, so you remember these games a little bit more. But, I mean, when I look at John Elway in the Super Bowl, I mean, he had a pretty – even though he won two, he he did almost nothing in either one, and he had a pretty lousy uh, postseason when it comes to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, he's still considered one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, you know. And um, you're gonna look at you're gonna look at Peyton up there as well. I, I guess it just sucks again because I'm such a fan of his. I was hoping he would win this, have two rings, be the first guy, you know, make history, et cetera, et cetera. And unfortunately, he made history by being the first quarterback to ever lose uh, 12 games, which is awful. Absolutely awful, sir. No, you're right. And um, again, if you're a football fan and you know you you, you get hyped up for the Super Bowl, and uh, you know you're right to watch a a great game, and 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 you have this kind of performance, it's just it's just bad all around. Um, I feel like, you know, for me, yeah, I mean, we can. So um, I just think that the Super Bowl, if you're a, a fan of the game, you, you want a competitive game. And, you know, the Seattle Seahawks were just 10 shows above. They didn't, you know, they pretty much didn't, they didn't let the Broncos breathe at all. I mean, uh, that that to me is just uh, more than just, you know, discrediting what Peyton Manning did yesterday. I just think that the Denver, uh, the Seattle Seahawks were the better team. Um, this, uh, You know, even Sherman said it after the game. He said pretty much, that uh, the game between San Fran and the Seahawks for the NFC title was pretty much the Super Bowl because just like in the old days back in the 90s, whenever you had San Fran against uh, the Dallas Cowboys, you knew that the winner of that game was going to win the Super Bowl because the AFC was so weak. So, uh, sir, we do have a call from Elwood yes, from Indianapolis. Yes, yes, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe uh, this gentleman called us a couple of years ago when we did – our Super Bowl show from Whole Foods. So I believe this is the same gentleman. Elwood, how are you doing this evening? Hey, guys, doing great. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Thank Thank you for calling in. Oh, yeah, it was great today for lunch. Me and all my buddies went out to eat, and we went to a local sports bar. Wouldn't you know it, we got the table in front of the nine-foot Muriel Peyton Manning. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's his life. Look, you know, although... I'm going to have to admit this. I never realized how I became one of Luck's boys. Until I was watching that game, I was kind of okay with it because it wasn't Luck. So I guess that the page has turned for me. But, Let me um, ask you, um, what did you think of the I mean, what was your prediction before the game? Well, you know, here's the thing. I, I've been with Peyton all the way. I was at his first game in the Hoosier Dome. Yeah, it was Hoosier Dome in those days. But, um, and I know the guy pretty well. And when I was watching him play Andrew Luck here in Indy, I was like, Luck's just having his way with him. I thought, whoa, Peyton, you're not controlling Andrew Luck at all. And um, I thought to myself, I think I get what's wrong with him. He can't handle these new quarterbacks, this new way of thinking and new way of playing, these, you know, Skittles and Luck and RG3 and Kaepernick and all these new guys coming up. He's having trouble with these guys. And yeah. um, and I just kind of filed that away in my head. And when I realized it was outside, I know Peyton doesn't play well outside. And then when it was in New York, he doesn't play well in New York. And he doesn't play well with loud crowds. He doesn't like a lot of noise when he's quarterbacking. And they're getting Seattle, somebody famous for that. And uh, I thought to myself, Peyton may not win this. You know, everybody told me I was crazy and stupid. I mean, I backed him publicly. Don't get me wrong. I wore every full Peyton Manning jersey I had all week. But I kind of, in the back of my mind, I didn't know if he could get this or not because everything that he doesn't do well in seemed to just coalesce. And I kind of deep down knew a butt whooping might be coming because Peyton's very old school. You notice when Peyton played Tom Brady? There's no problems there. Right, right. You know, when he played, um, when he was in the Super Bowl against um, Breeze, 
he more or less had that game won, and Caldwell messed it up. Really, wasn't right, his fault. Right. But that was I, anyone who calls that a beatdown's crazy. That was not a beatdown. That was no. a win, and Caldwell made the wrong decision. Peyton lost. Well, no big deal. But I'm telling you, those guys are old school, just like him. And uh, I think it just came down to this team. And I was in Indianapolis when we played the Super Bowl with the Bears, and that was the first Super Bowl for us here in Indianapolis. Right. And they were playing like madmen. The city was behind them 115%. It was insanity. Then the second Super Bowl with the Saints, it wasn't half that hype. And I have a hunch it's that way in Seattle. You know, they were really hungry for this, crazy for this. You know, I mean, you know, I imagine Seattle's kind of like Indianapolis. They feel like everyone in the country just thinks they're nothing. You know, and it's such a prestige thing. I think they just wanted it more. And I saw a very young, a very mobile I saw a very good line of defense. I mean, I saw a lot of things I liked in Seattle. And tell you what, Denver looked kind of fat. They looked kind of slow. They looked kind of aged. I think Peyton played one of the worst games i ever seen him play in his life. It's just, I think everything just turned against Denver. I think a lot of its problems are shown. And, guys, if you spend the kind of money they spend on Peyton – it hurts the rest of the team. You know, there is only so much money to go around. I mean, people come up to me and they say, couldn't they have kept Luck and Peyton and played them together? And I was like, you can't spend that kind of money for a person who has, you know, one job that two people can't do at the same time. You know, I mean, it's just, and that's, I think that might have been what happened with Denver, too, other areas that maybe should have been shored up, weren't shored up, because the money was all going to feed Peyton. Where, you know, I mean, Skittles there probably doesn't make in a in the entire season what Peyton makes in two or three games. So, I don't know. But here's the thing. I don't think it tarnishes his reputation or his legend or anything like that. I think that all that stuff isn't built on one game, and all that stuff isn't lost on one game. No, I, I agree. People say that, that are idiots. Not to, not to cut you off, but when you look at – um, his legacy as a whole, you're going to look at a guy who was 11-12 and 12 in, the, in the playoffs, which is not a good record. You're going to look at a guy who had, uh, you know, a terrible performance in his, you know, last Super Bowl, let's say he never gets another one again. They could have won against the Saints, I agree. That was definitely a frustrating one. But, um, man, you know, when you look at, at what he's done, his body of work, you're going to look at a guy who's one of, if not the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game, you know, from... August to, you know, December, but then when you get into the playoffs, just, just, it wasn't there. You know, even when they won the Super Bowl, he didn't have a huge performance. Um, you know, when you look at his brother, his brother was okay in the first one. The second one, he just, he was a lot, you know, much bigger, but still made the passes that he needed to. I just wish I knew what it was about Payton that prevented him from stepping it up, being that same player that he is in the regular season from being in the playoffs. It just has always baffled me. Don't you think, though, if he'd have had a quarterback from more his era, he'd have done better? And if, you know, his team was a little more well-rounded or if it was in an indoor location? You know, it's kind of like with people. When Andrew Luck and the Colts played Tom Brady and the Patriots this last time, people said, going to win, aren't we? And I said, no. They said, what do you mean? I said, listen, Luck doesn't have Reggie Wayne. Luck doesn't have Pat Angor. The Colts are banged up. They've lost all their key people. Luck doesn't play well in Foxborough. I mean, factor in all this stuff, and we're not going to win it. And, they, and we didn't. You know, and I think that just kind of happened with Peyton. Just he wasn't the right. It was the wrong kind of team. And I, I think Peyton's days are numbered. And uh, I don't blame him for keeping for what the kind of money he makes. Play do they kick you out? You know, don't <laughs> worry about your legend because nobody worries about legends. You know, I mean, you'll you'll get that infomercial shot. Don't you worry. I mean, but look at all the awful stuff Favre did. He's still hawking would- blue jeans. Howard, let me ask you this. You don't think Payton I told I told Joe there's no way he's gonna retire after this, uh, simply because of the fact that he's he's the kind of guy who's not gonna wanna go out on this sour note. But for a guy who's as competitive as he is, you don't think he's gonna obsess and go nuts over this game? I mean, the, he he was not in rhythm. He looked lost. The whole team looked lost. They looked like they honestly and I know it's not the case, and I was trying to explain this to my wife yesterday. 
and she kept making the point. They seemed like they weren't even prepared for this game. And oh, it's no. like Seattle did what they normally do, and, and Denver decided to take the week, the week off. Oh, I agree. I mean, when I was Twittering, uh, I, I even Twittered, I can't believe I'm saying this, but why doesn't Denver put in the backup? I mean, if I was the coach, <laughs> I'd have pulled Peyton and put in the backup. I mean, you couldn't. how can you do much worse than zero? You know, yeah. give it a yeah. shot. Because some, cause somebody said, how do you think Tebow would have done in this situation? I said, well, hopefully better than zero. You know, so <laughs> it's, I, I always have a ball on the Twitter. I was like, oh, hey, they're 20 points down. Andrew Luck could save them. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's it was just sad. I kind of knew going in that it, Peyton may not win this one. It was just too many things stacked against him. And to be honest, guys, if he stays and keeps playing, I don't see him winning anything else, winning another Super Bowl, unless he gets another quarterback who's kind of seasoned like him, that he has all the books and tapes. And Peyton likes to really study a situation before he goes in and knows it in and out. And you can't do that with a young quarterback because they don't know what they're doing. I mean, luck is evolving as I'm watching. Every game I'm watching this kid evolve. Well, that, that's not somebody you can study and know everything about. I mean, it was just a thing of beauty to watch Peyton fall to luck. I mean, it was great. It was heart-wrenching, but you were like, oh, my gosh, this is cool. So, yeah, it's it's. I don't know if Peyton's days is numbered, but they're going fast. You know what I mean? It's. The, right. the, the, wow. real, the real problem, Elwood, is that I, I just feel like we we got um, we fell in love with Peyton Manning in terms of like you know winning the second Super Bowl. This would be a great storyline. When it comes down to it, is that a great defense will always be a great offense. And if you looked at the Denver Broncos this year, they didn't have a great defense. Even at home, they they gave up a lot of points. So um, the team, the Seattle Seahawks, were just the better team defensively. And if you look at the another Super Bowl back in 2003 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their best defense versus the best offense in the league was the Oakland Raiders. The, the Tampa Bay pretty much dismantled them in that Super Bowl, and it goes to show you, again, even in this day and age where all the rules are curtailed to the offense and you can't hit the quarterback and you can't hit the receiver or anything like that, a good defense, a good front four, and the Seattle Seahawks not only have a good front four, but the, their linebackers are great, their cornerbacks are probably the best um, unit that's ever been assembled in terms of cornerbacks. They just beat them pillar to post with their defense. You didn't need a great quarterback on the CLC Hawks to win the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson is not a superstar quarterback. He's not a Colin Kaepernick. He's not a Peyton Manning. He's not a Tom Brady. This team was built around defense, and that's what won the championship last night. Oh, I agree totally. I mean, he's no, he's no Kaepernick or Luck or Brady. I agree. But I just it was set. And here's another thing. Nobody seems to want to bring this up. There's a reason why a quarterback doesn't have a ring from two different teams when in a Super Bowl. That's a very difficult thing to do, and you need to take that in account when everyone says, ah, oh, Peyton could. I say, guys, there's a reason why nobody's did this. Going to a different team, I mean, starting over, It's there's a reason why we've never had a hometown Super Bowl. You know, it's difficult. I mean, hosting the Super Bowl, the odds of it being there, I mean, it's so stacked against you. You know, we may never even see a hometown Super Bowl in our lifetime. We may never see a quarterback get two rings on two different teams. Think about it. Go into a whole other city, a whole other team, a whole other way of doing it, a whole different situation, and win in another ring. When some guys only get one ring their whole lifetime. Listen, Kurt Warner, and I was so pissed during that Super Bowl with the Steelers back in 2009, Kurt Warner came as close as possible, you know, to doing it. And I was rooting for him big time, and he couldn't do it. I mean, at least he showed up, honestly, because Payton didn't didn't even show up last night. And, again, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. Love the guy. Joe, you know, we're both rooting for him hard and heavy. But unfortunately, it was not meant to be. And like you mentioned, going to another franchise and leading them to a Super Bowl is hard enough. But actually winning, nobody's ever done it. And I was hoping he would. But, you know, I guess we'll have to see what happens. Listen, I would really appreciate you calling in. Um, you mentioned Twitter, so you should, uh, you know, you should honestly follow us on Twitter. I tend to spend more time there than Joe. But, you know, it would be great to interact with you other than, like, every two or three years uh, during the Super Bowl. I mean, it'd be great to, to have you call <laughs> yeah, in. I'm, I'm addicted to Twitter, I, and I love following the different players. You know, Pat McAfee has some great tweets during the game. You know, I was rolling and stuff. And Kobe Fleener, he has some great tweets. So, yeah, definitely, yeah. 
I'll have to look you guys up on Twitter because I yeah, I'm getting addicted. I love it. It's, it's, <laughs> well, I had fun tweeting Twitter or however you say it with people during the Super Bowl. Well, check uh, out. Listen, check out our website. It's puregoldpg.com, and right on on the side there, you'll see follow us, and you, literally the link to the Twitter and everything is right there. And you know, again, it would be great to interact with you again. But um, we really appreciate you calling, and it's definitely a, a nice surprise to hear from you. If you hadn't mentioned Indianapolis, I, I wouldn't have recognized it. But uh, it's great to hear back from an old fan, uh, you know, a Super Bowl football fan like yourself. Oh, hey, love the Super Bowl, and I'm hoping next year Andrew Luck's in it. You know, yeah, so, well, well, he can't do any worse than Peyton did this year. Hey, luck is nothing like Peyton, man. Uh, when no. I was at that Chiefs game, and he had that invisible red cape on and brought us back from, like, 30 and jumped over that pile of guys, and guys thought, cha-ching, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that 12 got tattooed on my chest, and it was 18 who. So, yeah, like I said, I'm not hurting over the Super Bowl. You know, I was numb for a week when they lost to uh, – the Saints, and I was over this one in five minutes. So, yeah, the pages turned in my heart. I'm a Luck fan now. So, well, Elwood, let me good. ask you, Elwood, before we let you go, are you a fan of any other sport besides football, though? Oh, yeah. You kidding? Oh. I'm a Pacers fanatic. Well, yeah. great. So when we when we start breaking down the NBA playoffs, definitely call in. Though. Oh, We'd yeah, love definitely. To get your take on we're it. the one winning it. Yeah, so, yeah you <laughs> Good, good. Oh, yeah, Pacers were on fire tonight at the game with the Magic. It was good stuff. And I got to go see my boy Owen Depot from IU. So, yeah, it was good oh, nice. stuff. He plays for the Magic. Yeah, it was fun. Hey, guys, good talking to you. I'll let you finish your uh, show here. And then, yeah, next year we'll have a lot to talk about with Andrew Luck, you know, <laughs> winning the Super Bowl. That's <laughs> see you guys. Have a good night. Folks, that was unbelievable. We have a guy named Elwood who called in – um, this is 2014, two years, almost to the exact date, actually, almost two years to the date he called in again. What what a surprise, sir. I got to tell you, that, that that was definitely great. That's a true fan right there. I mean, you know, when we break down the Super Bowl, I guess I would feel like it's necessary to call into pure gold because he could have called into Mike Francesa, he could have called into Joe and Evan, anyone across the country. But he knows that pure gold really knows how to break down the Super Bowl like PG can, no one else can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm glad you corrected that, sir. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, is there anything else we're going to cover about the Super Bowl, sir? Well, let me, uh, in terms of the Super Bowl, you know, just the stupid stuff, I just want to get through real fast if, you, if I can. The commercials, sir, were horrible. You agree? Oh, they were awful. There was, the only good commercials, again, are by Budweiser dog and then the horse and everything i mean really the ones that play on your heartstrings but they were terrible the one commercial i thought was pretty cool was the jaguar commercial they got all the you know marvel uh, marvel and dc villains you got uh you know loki and on the plane and the helicopter you got uh ben kingsley who played the mandarin and stuff like that so i mean it, it that was a pretty cool commercial but only if you know who those guys are other than that the commercials were absolutely putrid from start to finish I I mean, te- just terrible Terrible beyond I agree. Belief. No, I agree. I, I was, I, I was, I actually chuckled though during the Tim Tebow commercial because I thought that was actually well done. Because considering the guy has no job and nobody wants to pick him up in the NFL, I thought doing an NFL uh, a commercial during the Super Bowl was pretty funny, actually. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, it was definitely, you know, it could have been worse. Let's put it that way. But man, I tell you, oh, what an absolute stinker. Stink bomb, whatever you want to call it. How about Bruno Mars and the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Is that when you got up and went to the bathroom? No, you know, Bruno Mars is talented. Don't get me wrong. Hair. It's kind of cool to watch. Everything was on a delay, I'm guessing, because of all the issues they've had. We saw the fireworks that ended like 15 minutes before they actually ended while you were watching the game. And we were also on a, on a bit of a delay. Um, so... I'm looking out my window, and I'm seeing the fireworks going off. That was pretty cool, but they were definitely not in sync with what was going on TV. But what I want to know is why the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Sir? Yeah, what about the Red Hot Chili Peppers? You were saying something. No, I said, what about them? I, I don't understand. Why, why would they bring them out? I, I, those guys haven't been relevant since I was in high school. I don't know, honestly. I mean, like I said, the, if you wanted to make this a special Super Bowl in the tri-state area in New Jersey, not New York City, 
you bring in some New York flavor and some New Jersey flavor. You know, the the local bands that have made it big time, again, Bon Jovi, Billy Joel, Bruce Springsteen, that, that would have been better. I, I agree with you, Bruno Mars is good. I just don't know, you know, if you want to make it really, really, really special, the Super Bowl, you could have brought and made a New Jersey, New York feel to it, but they didn't do that. Red Hot Chili Peppers are a complete waste of my time. I, I have no idea what they were doing with their shirts off. I'm surprised Bruno Mars stayed on stage while these guys were you know, acting like fools. I mean, to me, I, I didn't really appreciate the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Bruno Mars I liked because I, I think he's a pretty good performer. But I didn't need to do the Red Hot Chili Peppers. The only one other thing, sir, about the Super Bowl was, did you watch it from the very beginning? From the, the Did you see the coin toss? Oh, that was great. <laughs> I was going to bring that up <laughs> earlier with, uh, with Broadway Joe and his ridiculous fur coat. That was awesome. Well, not like that, but uh, Broadway Joe didn't give the Seattle Seahawks the opportunity to call the coin toss. So he flips the coin, and the referee notices it right away. He catches the coin midair. I mean, that that to me was pretty hilarious. That's got to be a first. And, and Joe looks like he's out of his mind anyway. I know he had some drug and alcohol problems um, years ago. Hopefully he beat all that. But, I mean, he kind of looked like he was he was uh, out of it. But it was it was funny because, you know, everybody was laughing and stuff, so it was kind of nice. But that, that fur coat, I mean, my goodness. I saw it in the commercial. It was bad, but on the field, that was even worse. Yeah, so congratulations to the Seahawks. I guess the parade is on Wednesday. If you want to watch it, if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, you can catch the oh, parade yeah. on the NFL Network. So I'll be watching this that. Wednesday. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, but I'm just, you know, for all the people that are listening out there, if they want to know. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure everyone listening to us right now, maybe uh, our boy Elwood is, is going to check it out. That's about it. Maybe. What else you got before we head out? Um, yeah, I know you got to wake up at like 2 in the morning or whatever the case is, but, um, I mean, just a couple of notes I wanted to kind of throw out here, sir. Yeah. Were you paying attention at all today to, uh, the new programming on the Yes Network? No, because I, Mike pretty much led on to the fact that Michael K. I think, was going to replace him. To me, that's like, you know, when you buy Coca-Cola, which is my princess, and then you buy the ShopRite brand, like, again... Uh, is, is that true uh, from what I hear is that the Yes Network was so stupid enough to drop Mike Francesa and actually put on Michael K on simulcast? Yep, Michael K somehow, someway, for some reason is replacing Mike Francesa and he took a bottle of Diet which is Mike's signature drink, and threw it <laughs> in the garbage right before the show started. And uh, Mike was interviewed by Neil Best, apparently, and Mike called it a classless loser move by two guys that he has been destroying in the ratings for 10 years. <laughs> That's great. So you tell me you watched some of this stuff uh, today on TV? No, it was on it was on um, Twitter, and it was all oh, okay. over the place. And then I look on Facebook, and there's Facebook articles, because Neil Best is, I don't know if I'm friends with Neil or whatever the case is, on our Pure Gold account. And um, I tell you, when I saw this, I, I couldn't believe it. I said to myself, are you kidding me? I mean, this first of all, this is really happening. Mike, Mike, Michael K. Uh, Elwood Jones uh, just followed me on Twitter. Good, good luck out there, uh, Elwood. Um, <laughs> when I see, I can't stand Michael K. I think he's awful. I think he's brutal. I mean, I can't stand John Sterling, but I can see why some people may be a fan of his ridiculous, over-the-top, idiotic shtick. Michael K. is just a brainless loser to me. But when I hear Mike calling him a classless loser and, and bashing him and Don LaGreca, I mean, just, just I love it. I absolutely love it. That's what you love about talk radio, feuds and fights and issues and problems and everything else. So I just have to throw that out there, sir. We have to talk about that. You know what's great, though? I mean, Mike talks at both ends sometimes. Mike Francesa I'm talking about because last week, if you heard him talking about how it's going to be the last show on Yes, it's, uh, you know, this is goodbye, this was a mutual agreement, First, he tells you that he's not getting paid from the Yes Network. Today, he tells you he did get paid from the Yes Network, so they couldn't really say anything negative or just you know talk about what's going to happen next. So to me, I think Mike sometimes is a little bit too full of himself. But yet, I think, if anything, his show, I also think Boomer and Karn put on a pretty entertaining show. I know you don't watch them or listen to them. But I think that those are two radio shows that can make it on simulcast, if anything. I think watching Michael K on simulcast on the Yes Network, I, I really don't know why the Yes Network decided this. My only guess, 
and it always comes down to money, as Vince McMahon says. I, I just think that Mike and his people probably want more money than the Yes was willing to pay him, even though the Yes Network, the Yankees organization, is a juggernaut. I just think that it came down to dollars and cents, and I think that Mike and his crew probably wanted too much money, and they said, you know what, Mike, take a hike. We don't need you anymore. We got Michael Kay, who you know pretty much calls the Yankee game, so it fits in well with the Yes Network. I just, you know, like I said, Mike Francesa sometimes just talks at both ends, and I, I bet my guess, tell me if I'm wrong, sir, it had to come down to money. He wanted more money than the Yes was going to give him, so they dropped him. Yeah, I mean that has to be it. Um, I just, I mean, I don't know why anybody, I don't know why you do it. I don't know why anybody watches these pools on TV. I mean, listening to them, all right, but watching them, no thanks. But um, it definitely has to be money. There's, there's no other way. There's no. <laughs> why else would Mike be off the station? I just find it interesting. He was on. He was on. Yes, now they got rid of him. So what's next? I mean, he's gonna get kicked off the fan too. Yeah, I don't think so, but uh, you never know, I guess. I mean, he's still, you know, he's still entertained to to listen to. Um, I know it's a one-man radio show. It's hard to do. Uh, give him a lot of credit for doing this for the last five and a half, six years. It, it would just be nice uh, in a fantasy world, I guess, if you ever reunited back with Chris just for one last run for another five, six years before oh, he yeah. retired. I think. Another 20 years before he retired, yeah, absolutely. Look, Chris, is, unless Sirius goes belly up, which is always possible, <clears throat> Chris is not coming back. That's the only way Russo ever comes back to, to WFAN. I don't even I don't even listen to WFAN. Anymore. I just lost all interest in them. But uh, let's move on from that. There's just a couple of things. Uh, one yeah. one thing I got to throw out there. I saw this tweet. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. It was Uh-oh. Fernando Tatis, which of course you remember him. He tweeted eight points in a Super Bowl. I had eight RBI in one inning. How <laughs> great is that, sir? <laughs> That is great. I mean, uh, there was one point that you really thought that the Seattle Seahawks, my dad was telling me too, he's like, you know, there's a there's a good chance that the Seattle Seahawks are going to shut out the Broncos. Uh, you know, the way they were playing, uh, it was just amazing. Tatis' tweet is, that's pure goal right there, sir. It really was. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was so funny. I said, I have to talk about I even wrote it down in my notes that I have to talk about this on the show just to see what Joe gets. I mean, the fact that, I, I, it means in the Dominican Republic, I don't even know if he knows anything about football. But the fact that he would compare eight RBI to eight <laughs> points in the Super Bowl—that's great. It's so great. I mean, I absolutely loved that. It was, it was one of the greatest tweets I've ever seen in my life, sir. Good stuff. Um, would you like to touch on Raw at all, sir? Yeah. Did you uh, actually watch it uh, tonight? I did watch some of it, and now I'm going to be forced to at least read about it immediately because. You know, if we're going to do the show immediately following Raw, something may happen, and of course that kind of forces us to talk about it. One of the things that that struck me, sir, is um, it looks like Daniel Bryan is going to be replacing CM Punk in the stories. I mean, I don't know if they're going to go Bryan Triple H, which is the rumor with what they were going to do with uh, CM Punk, but of course he took his ball home and he ran. Um, so get your thoughts on that. And he beat Randy Orton in the main event tonight. And the other thing is, but. I thought this was interesting because there was a tweet uh, Alberto Del Rio sent out, and he was ripping Batista before he came back to the WWE. Uh, I don't remember if it was after it was announced or before it was announced, but just ripping Batista. And then, of course, Batista comes back, and they've been kind of like going back and forth since the night he set foot on Raw. Uh, then this week, you know, he Del Rio attacked him. He actually looked kind of strong, took a cheap shot, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it looks like they're going to turn this real-life thing into, uh, you know, into a, a story. Uh, give me your thoughts on that, sir. Well, I mean, the way I could break it down and tell me if I'm wrong, I, the way I see it is that there's a pay-per-view in between now and WrestleMania. It's the Elimination Chamber, and, and Batista needs a tune-up match, and I think that they're going to you know, incorporate some real-life uh, angle with Batista, and they're going to have a tune-up match. This is basically a Batista squash match, if anything, at, at the Elimination Chamber um, so that you know he's ready and you know ready to go for WrestleMania, whoever he's going to face. Uh, the WWE champion, whoever that's going to be. But uh, I think it's just, to be honest with you, it's a warm-up match for WrestleMania. Do you think that there's anything else besides, you know, just tuning up for the biggest pay-per-view of the year? I think it's interesting that, you know, they would turn this, whatever you want to call it, this little beef into something, you know, on screen. I think that's great, but, um, you know, I guess we'll have to see where that goes, sir. And the other thing is, do you think that, 
CM Punk is going to come back before WrestleMania? Is this a work? Is it a shoot? I mean, I, I read an article today. Justin Labar was ripping him, you know, calling him, saying that he had to, um, he took his ball and ran, that he shouldn't have done that to the fans, et cetera, et cetera. So Justin, who's pretty well connected, doesn't think it's a work. Um, I mean, doesn't think it's a, yeah, doesn't think it's a work. So uh, give us your thoughts on that, sir. I, I just think CM Punk picked probably the, probably the worst time to leave the company in terms of being lucrative. I, I think that, you know, I don't understand how all of a sudden you get burnt out and you feel like the WWE is going the wrong direction. Uh, we've talked about the WWE going the wrong direction the past three, four years, and CM Punk's picks now, the time that they're ready to launch the WWE Network in about three weeks or about a month when he left last uh, last week, um, to me, it's just the wrong move. I, I know that sometimes you, you go with your heart, but you know he should, he really should have trusted his head on this one, sir. He leaving now. The road to WrestleMania is probably the best time of the year if you're a wrestler because it's the biggest pay per view of the year. I I don't agree anything with Punk unless you know he was attacked um, personally by Triple H or Vince, and who knows about that kind of stuff backstage. But sir, I I think it's the wrong move at the wrong time. For CM Punk, I don't think that he's going to. Be, I don't even think he's going to be missed, to be honest with you, at this point. Well, I think it's tough for him. The fact that he left, I don't like it. I think it's childish of him. But why would you leave WrestleMania 30, the biggest WrestleMania of all time? Why would you leave now? Why would you abandon ship instead of staying through WrestleMania and then leaving? Exactly. Makes no uh, sense. Yeah. So, so that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all I had to, to touch on, sir. Oh, one if more thing. As crazy as it sounds, I'm actually looking forward to baseball season. I'm looking forward to the Mets this year. They made some decent moves. I read an article recently saying that the Mets had some good news on the loan that they had and that they're actually – the reason that the Mets' assets were – they're basically their assets were frozen. They couldn't spend money because that was part of the loan. They weren't allowed to because they weren't paying it back, but they got a break on the loan, the amount or whatever, and now it frees up money for them to actually spend more, which is a good thing. So I'm looking forward to it, sir, with Granderson, with Cologne, and you know, hopefully Chris Young will hit some home runs and Eichel to return to form. I'm hoping the Mets will be at least watchable. I'm glad you're looking forward to it because, you know, pitchers and catchers report in about 11, 12 days – and what, is, what else is there to talk about? Football is pretty much over after tonight. We're not going to be talking about that for a couple You know, Maybe we'll talk about the draft in April and May. But other than that, it's, it's time to transition to baseball. Uh, we could talk Olympics, but to be honest with you, the Olympics don't you know, excite me. We could talk about basketball. But, again, basketball and hockey, the, these are the dog days of, of those two sports. The playoffs for them don't start until May and June. So, I guess I have to get excited for baseball because there's only baseball and wrestling at this point on PG unless we start getting some guests again. Uh, that's all we're going to be talking about the next couple of months. Yeah, you're you're right, sir. I mean, that's pretty much all we have to look forward to right now. Uh, what about you? I mean, are you looking forward to it at all? I, you know, I mean, <laughs> what am I going to tell you? I mean, when you tell me I'm optimistic, you're you're excited about the Mets. I mean, are you excited for the Mets to win like 85 games at most? I mean, this is a team that, again, is not going to compete for a playoff spot, I don't think. I don't think they're going to get to the World Series. So, you know, I, I can't get too excited about it. Uh, I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to excited because they're going to win, like, five more games than they did last year. They don't have their ace this year, you know. Um, how come I can't think of his name? Matt Harvey? Yeah, if Matt Harvey his and Zach Wheeler. Listen, his girlfriend just broke up with him on uh... – his supermodel girlfriend or whatever the case is. I thought that was interesting. Well, good, whatever. Uh, but Matt Harvey and Zach Wheeler, if those two guys come back healthy this year, maybe I'm a little bit more excited because you got a, an ace and a number two right there. I mean, that is a little bit exciting. But now, you know, without Matt Harvey, I mean, to me it's like whatever. I, I know that you're, you're trying to find any positive spin on this, but, sir, the, it's going to be another year that the, the, the stadium is going to be half empty. The, the Mets are not going to compete. I mean, they're going to play maybe a little better, but they're not going to compete for a wild card. I mean, how many more years do we have to go through this? Seriously. Honestly, I, I don't know. I've, I'm just looking forward to it in the sense that they've been so bad for so long. And, you know, I'm just hoping that this is the – Beginning of the turnaround. I, I honestly do. I mean, I guess there's nothing else to talk about here when it comes to the Mets. But, um, you know, I just I hope this is the beginning of something new. It's the beginning of exciting baseball. And I guess we'll kind of have to see. But, folks, listen, we uh, we thank you so much for listening.
Foot from Indianapolis for calling in. Great call as always. Uh, you know, look forward to talking to him uh, next February. And uh, you know, <laughs> sir, of course, it's it's always been a pleasure with you. All these uh, multiple episodes. I don't even know what number we're on, but we're, we're we're getting up there. We're starting to make the slow climb back up. Remember to tune in next Monday around 11:15 after Raw. Check us out. Uh, we'll be discussing Raw because football's over, so we have nothing else to talk about. Like Joe said, and. Um, you know, it should be some, some interesting stuff as always. Joe and I will make it interesting. We'll find some guests. We'll figure something out to make the show, you know, make make you listen to it for the next few months. But um, check us out, puregoldpg.com. Call in, 714-364-4721. Call in now as we're about to go off the air so we can hang up and you don't get on the air. Folks, <laughs> next week we'll see you. And, of course, as always, uh, this, this is for Peyton Manning and the Broncos. Mistake! Oh, do they ever. And once again, and that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave them the friggin' game. In yeah. my opinion, that sucked. Yeah. I got two words for you. You're sold. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Yep. Wait a minute. Is that the right one? I don't think that's the right one. Hold on. What's the name of the show? Pure uh, Gold. Pure gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> gold. You guys are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, Nikki. Have a wonderful evening, folks. <laughs> See you next week.